When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello. Welcome to Catherine and Fred Getting Ready Edition. I'm wearing Fred in the front-facing carrier. I'm in my bathroom, so I do apologize if it sounds echoey. It is Wednesday, the something of December. Who the hell knows what day it is anymore? And I'm getting ready to do a Christmas party for a corporate company. I'm gonna go into their offices, tell a bit of stand-up after their dinner and drinks, and to be very honest, I don't know how it's gonna go. Fred, I can't even get my head around, like what kind of company is this? It's one of those new tech companies where you try to research about them and look it up and it's just words like innovation, synergy, kindness, climate rescue, I don't know. But they're a finance company that's not finance. And I am looking forward to meeting them, finding out a whole lot more about that. We've had kind of a tricky week in the Ryan Cooster household. I think, you know, when I uh, announced that I was expecting our good friend, Fred Kustra here, everyone was really lovely and happy for me, but a lot of ticket holders for my tour asked if it would be canceled. They were like, well, we you be doing refunds, obviously you can't take a baby on tour. And at the time that offended me, and now I'm like, shit. These people had a point. Poor Fred, you know. He's not, I am not as elastic as I was when I first became a mother at age 25, not as elastic both figuratively and literally. And Violet just happened to be the kind of baby who, I mean, first of all, let's face it, I was not in demand like I am now. I wasn't working as much, but when I did have to move around and do stand-up gigs, Violet was cool with it. She was very much the kind of baby who was like, you are my home, wherever you are, that is home. But Fred is a little bit like, mm, you're kind of my home, but side note, where's my jolly jumper? Where are the dogs? Where are the high ceilings um, of which I have become accustomed to? Of which? Which? <sighs> Basically, long story short, Kitty, my wonderful agent, and Jen were like, oh, hey, BK, I'm doing the podcast in here. You want to play? That's all right. <laughs> we were like, who are you talking to? Yeah. I'm multitasking. Watch this. I'm doing my makeup for my tour. I got Fred. He's not a real great guest. He's not said anything so far. Okay. Um, I was just talking about how we came to be doing the gig at the private members club. Oh, I see. So, do you, what do you want to do? Relax? Do you want to take him? He's being good for the podcast, oh, right? Whatever freaks out. Okay. Do. Let me know if you have anything uh, that you want to contribute to the podcast. Oh, I will do that. I mean, Bobby was a huge celeb at this gig. Take Cardi with you, that dirty yeah. dog. <laughs> She's not welcome on the podcast. Um... Jenny Kitty said, you need to do a book launch. And I said, oh, I already am doing a book launch. It's a Q&A with my good friend Emily Dean. 
And they said, no, that's not the book launch. You need to do a separate champagne, raise a glass, invite some people that we love book launch. And I was like, oh God, guys, why I'm so busy. Can I do this in the day? And they said, yes, you can do it in the day. We found a wonderful private members club with the help of Will Farmer, who's, you know, he's, he's sadly moving on to pastures new, but I've loved working with him on like corporate partnerships and branding and stuff. He's a wonderful man, recently married, just a gorge guy. They said, we've sorted it. You can do the uh, launch at this beautiful club. They're gonna be so kind to you. They're gonna get you membership. Um, they're also gonna provide like champagne and brunch for all your guests. And I thought, wow, that's so kind. Wow, they're being amazing. How much is it gonna cost? And they said, nothing, Catherine. And I said, oh, that's great, wow. And they said, well, you will have to do a gig for them in the future. And to be very honest with you, I love doing stand-up. I jumped at the opportunity. I thought, excellent. But what I forgot is that I didn't have a free day to do the launch. Similarly, I don't really have a free day to do the gig that pays for the launch, as grateful as I am. Don't misunderstand me. Grateful, gratitude pouring out of me. But also, what am I going to do with a membership to a private club when I don't do, I don't go out? Do I, Fred Fred? I don't go out. And a lot of these clubs, let's be honest, they're very hostile about babies because the members don't like babies, rightly so. We're children, full stop. And you know why that is? It's because a lot of privileged kids are assholes, but mine aren't, but I digress. Oh, did I ever tell you the story about when I brought Violet to Soho Farmhouse? And this is a different members club, one that, I mean, you know, I like these members clubs, but they're mostly populated by like 20 year old children of celebrities and not me. And they don't accommodate my children. They said to Violet, oh, you know, they said to us, the dogs can go in this building, the dogs can go in that building, your child can only go in this building. And Violet said, wait a minute, how come the doggies are allowed in more spaces than I am? And the man looked at her and he said, because dogs can be trained. It was such a slam. Way to stick it to a five-year-old. But um, I don't really have time to enjoy the fruits of this membership, sadly. I'm the worst person to give a membership to. When am I going to be out in a members club, Fred? Who do I think I am? Kate Moss? Exactly. So I went to do the gig and it was so much fun. Actually, lots of good banter from the crowd. There was a man, uh, you know, I would call him a man. He was like 23, a, an elder boy who was involved in the chat. He's a very handsome banker. And then there was a lady in the audience who was his ex-girlfriend and apparently he owed her money. So it was a whole to do really fun banter with the audience. There was a princess there, an actual princess. And um, it was just so much fun. But uh, then at the end, it uh, was apparent that Kitty and Jen wanted to stay, have a little drink. There was white wine on offer. And you know, mom, Fred, I couldn't say no. And what's my number one rule? You don't drink day one in the night, do you, Fred? So it was 9.30. I only stayed till about 11, but I had enough day wine to, you know, exactly. Exactly. I thought I was okay, but even that amount, I was so violently ill the next day and I cannot afford to use one of my days off. I mean, blowing chunks is what we used to call it, my generation, Fred. And it is a fine description of what I was doing the next day. Violently, violently ill. Luckily, Fred was taken care of by his dad and by our wonderful housekeeper. That's right, I have help now. I really thought, let's get a housekeeper because we can't have a nanny. And every once in a while, we can ask this lovely housekeeper to watch Fred. And watch him, she did. And he loved her. He's finally opening his heart. 
his arms, and his tolerance to people who are not me. Yes, Fred, I know. Do you want to stop being on the podcast now or do you like it? Your daddy's available if you want to go play with him. No, Fred wants to stay with me. I feel very, like, I don't know, we would call it a sense of ennui in French. I just feel really despondent about Christmas and everything that's been going on with the UK government. Fred, you wouldn't believe it. So they were found uh, on video to be laughing about having had a Christmas party last year, December 18th, when the rest of this nation was obediently complying with lockdown measures. And there are people who are so hurt by this because they're like, you know what? I didn't get to sit with my sick mom because I was following orders and you were having wine and cheese. There's more information all the time developing as we get it. Apparently there were three parties. One of the parties was in um, Boris Johnson's home and he acts like he didn't know what happened. He's like, well, I was not aware of such a party. What, what is wrong? Why does anyone believe them at this point? I'm going to dig for a makeup brush. Hang on. Do you know what Michelle just worked said to me about my makeup bag, which is such a slam? She was like, this is a very 90s makeup bag. She said, everything is just chucked in here. It looks a mess. And my makeup artist Fiona would be very sad to see the way that I keep my makeup. But I have to have it in one bag, one clear bag for touring and for traveling. And it is all clean. I clean my brushes. A lot of people ask me about my skincare routine, and it is just... Drink water, clean your skin with uh, micellar water. I use a lot of Elemis products. I use my friend Nina's uh, facial serum, Dr. Nina. And um, yeah, I clean my brushes a lot. I don't know, I think it's just witchcraft that keeps my skin looking like this. A lot of people love to explain it away and be like, it's because she gets Botox, please. You've seen a lot of people who openly admit to having Botox, they don't have skin like mine. I've got a very once in a lifetime, you never see skin like this on a nearly 40-year-old woman, so give me the credit that I deserve. We'll give that credit to like Satan or whoever's, whoever I made a deal with to get skin like this. Chris Jenner. Oh, for Red Fred. So Fred, our government, they're having parties. They've been caught having these parties and the rest of the country is sad because they were following the rules. But um, it's a classic boy who cried wolf scenario. These people lie to us and lie to us and lie to us. And then they get upset when we don't trust them. Well, sometimes you have something important to say, like a COVID rollout or whatever, and no one believes you because you've lied so much. And how are they dealing with it? I mean, I'm watching the news every second right now, which I don't normally do, but I'm really annoyed because they're like, oh, well, we might just do plan B, which is everyone works from home again, and you do vaccine passports. Whatever you feel about COVID, I don't want to disrespect you. I don't want to get into an anti-vax uh, argument. I'm certainly not anti-vax, though, as I've said before, I am anti-vax. It's a drag character that I do. Anti-vax is smarter than every virologist on this flat earth. Anti-vax is active on Facebook and won't put any poison into her body. Anti-vax checks in at Greg's. Anti-vax is anti-abortion, but feels like the mask mandate is a violation of her personal rights. Anti-vax, first name Karen. Um, whatever you believe, I think we can hopefully all agree that living in a show-your-papers society is very dangerous. It's a slippery fucking slope. And I would hate to see, I would hate to see the vaccine passport thing happen. It makes me sad, Fred Fred. I want everyone to stay safe, of course. I know that it's a pandemic and we want to come out the other side, but... Uh, show your papers really to get on a train show your papers really to get a job to go to work to go to a restaurant I don't like it I'll wear a mask but uh, I don't like it all right Fred 
Thank you for being a guest. I'm gonna put you downstairs with your daddy and I'm gonna finish my makeup and go to the corporate. And then I think I'll be back for bedtime. All right, that gig is done. It was such a fun time. I found out what the company do. They are a progressive tech finance company and they use, I don't know, tech, like coding and algorithms to sort of x-ray the financial market, if that makes sense. And then they find ways to make predictions and make money. I mean, do I get it? No, I still don't get it with my tiny mouse brain, but I'm closer than I was before. In any case, if you are a young person and you're struggling, thinking, what am I going to do with my life? Or if you're a parent like I am uh, and you're looking to advise one of your dependents, I would say, women especially, get into coding. I learned last night, because now it's the next day, I learned last night that there are very few women in coding, even still, though, like the comedy industry, the female coders are peaceful and positive about the fact that it's changing. But um, it's such a great lifestyle to work for one of these progressive tech companies. They bring puppies in every Wednesday. These puppies that, I don't know the puppy situation, but they need affection and they need to get used to humans. So there's an organization that will deal with corporate you know, places that look after their staff and they'll just bring puppies on a Wednesday and you get to pet them and cuddle them and then they pack up the puppies and go. I mean, what a great way to get coders used to love and affection from puppies. And you get to work out, you get sauna breaks, you get lovely food, beautiful spaces, always ping pong tables. I mean, it's just the way you think it looks in the movies. And the CEOs are laid back in their dress style like Mark Zuckerberg. What is it about a very rich self-made man that says to him, do you know what? I'm never putting a suit on. I'm never putting a shirt on. It is t-shirt and jeans, uniform every day, all the way, trainers, and a cool designer bomber jacket maybe when I go outside. I don't know. It's a cool environment. Some of these companies are probably evil and some are very, very good, but this one seemed to be very, very good. Climate aware, uh, really great maternity rights, really great mental health services, like to keep all their staff well. And I guess it's because per staff member, these companies earn a lot of money so they can put a lot of money back if they so choose into keeping their staff, you know, healthy and happy. Love that. It just seemed like such a great place to work. So get into coding, ladies, especially, but also the non-binary people and the men, whomever, get into coding. It looks like a a fun, it looks like the future. I mean, I don't know. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do in this apocalyptic world teetering on the edge of dystopia? Back to my previous chat. Um, I know that it's potentially controversial to say anything related to COVID. I have an array of friendships. I purposely live in whatever the opposite of an echo chamber is. I don't have friends who all think and say and believe the same thing. I do have uh, friends who are quite difficult to listen to because their outlook on what's going on with the passports and COVID and the world right now is super bleak. It's difficult to speak to them and then go about your day in a merry way. I'm sure that not all of what they say is correct, but some of what they say will be correct. I'm also friends with doctors and nurses and people who are super optimistic about a way out of this. And they think, yeah, yeah, it's super temporary. If you comply and follow the rules and get all your vaccines and now all your boosters and everything else, it's all good. And those people really believe that 
the data is genuine, that the science is genuine, that we are being communicated, you know, all the truth in its unedited form. And then I think the truth, the actual truth, always lies somewhere in between. I also believe in science. I believe that vaccines have saved us from many diseases in the past and now. But there's a disconnect where I don't believe the government when they speak at all. And I don't believe that they report, they potentially report numbers and data and facts and figures because they never have in the past. They don't report the number of uh, refugees correctly. They don't report the number of people who are on universal credit correctly. They don't report any facts and figures, or they don't even know them. And this goes for left-wing politics as well. I remember Diane Abbott was on some show, and they said, well, what are the numbers in your manifesto for this? And she's like, I don't know. I'm sorry, Diane Abbott, I like you a lot. But it feels to me like numbers are... uh, rhetorical concept to these people. They're like, well, I don't know. Whatever number suits me today is the number I'm going to give you. So when, after the first part of my podcast was recorded, I turn on the PMQ, Prime Minister Questions, and this, oh, Jim Henson character that we call our Prime Minister, he gets on the block and he's like, oh, yes, we're going to plan B. That's it. We're No more this. No more... Uh, going out without your vaccine passports and doing this. and I mean, okay, what did he actually say? You need either a vaccine passport or proof of your vaccinations, which right now in the UK is two, but apparently we need to get the booster now, or a negative lateral flow. You need to show proof of that to get into lots of theaters and venues, but you don't have to show that to go to pubs and restaurants and retail places, but you do have to wear a mask in retail places, but you don't have to wear a mask in the bar getting shit-faced after you do all your Christmas shopping. Uh, You do have to wear masks on public transport. You do work from home if you can. I just, I feel like when I look at the numbers though, this new variant is mild and the deaths are low. So I don't understand why they would do this right now so close to Christmas again. And I don't know if I feel like people are going to be so happy to follow the rules. From the beginning, I i mean, pre-COVID, let's say from the time I was six years old, I hate when people don't wash their hands and they don't cover their mouths when they sneeze or they come out with a fever or they're encouraged to go to work when they're not well. Do you know what I mean? I've been a meticulously clean person and I'm fine wearing a mask. It makes people feel more comfortable. I'm vaccinated for everything that I need to be vaccinated for in my life, apart from HPV, which I fucking have, by the way. Um, and but But I draw the line at a show your papers society. I think I'm not the smartest person here. I don't even understand the ins and outs of the finance slash progressive tech company that I did a gig for last night. But I definitely know that if you live in a compassionate society where everybody has to show medical papers to get on a train, like whatever happened to my medical status is not your business. You don't have to divulge, you know, I don't have to tell everybody that I have HPV. I do that. I do it anyway to encourage people to go for their cervical screenings. But imagine you had to say, oh, hi, yeah, I have diabetes. Can I come on the train, please? It's just weird. It just doesn't feel like freedom to me. Show your papers. Never. I don't like it. 
I don't like it. And I know that it's all under the guise of staying safe. But at this point, I'm like, staying safe from what? We've done everything you said. So if that gets me canceled, bye-bye. Let's hear now from whatever sponsors I have remaining. And when we come back, I'm going to answer your letters. If you ever want to write me a letter of your own, the address is everything at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ooh, do I ever hate to see it. This email is called, 18-year-old friend has a new 30-year-old boyfriend. Catherine, I was listening to the last episode of Telling Everybody Everything and it got me thinking about my friend. I'm 19. She's 18. We've been friends for all our lives, but she now has a new boyfriend who's 30 years old. She's always been a bit of an outsider growing up, never really having a big group of girlfriends as well as being an only child. When she told me and my other friend about the 30-year-old boyfriend, our immediate reaction was one of concern. We thought he might be taking advantage of her, and we were questioning what a 30-year-old man wants with an 18-year-old girl. We expressed this to her, and she explained it was nothing like that, and he treats her well. Her parents have met him, and they say he's nice, and they don't care about the age gap at all. They let her stay the night at his house and go on holiday with him. I'm still not 100% sure if he's trustworthy, although they have been together for several months now, it all seems fine. My other friend and I don't really know what to do about the situation now. We've told her our concerns, so do we just leave it and see how it plays out and be there for her if anything happens? It puts us in such an awkward situation when they want us to do things together, like going out for dinner, which he keeps suggesting. What a fucking weirdo, because he wants to be out for dinner with like three teenage girls, not just one. Hope all of this made sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, look, 18-year-olds are going to date 30-year-olds sometimes. And I'm, you know, this isn't the case in absolutely every situation, but in the gross, vast majority of situations, it will be the same. It will be that 18-year-old is made to feel special, clever, mature, chosen, picked, And like, she's cool because she's dating an older guy. And maybe she is very clever. And 18-year-old guys her own age, if she's heterosexual, which in this case she is, are um, immature by comparison. You know, like, I don't blame an 18-year-old girl for not being interested in 18-year-old boys. I get it. I think many of us mature 
faster than they do. And again, that is a generalization, but I think that most often it applies. So when you're clever and you're bored and there's a man who's older than you and he seems really nice and he has money and he wants to take you and your girlfriends to dinner and he has life experience and he'll travel with you, you know, that is an attractive prospect for a lot of 18 year olds. And that's why it happens so often. But from the perspective of the 30 year old man, nope, I still think he's a fucking weirdo. That's how you have to look at it. You have to look at what's he doing that makes 30 year old women not want to fuck with him. What's he doing that makes him want to hang out with someone who's basically fresh out of high school, even if you're clever, you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't mean that you're not special. You are, but you will be even more special later on. And it's only then that you will see that there's something weird about this 30 year old guy. I think that's what I would say to my friend. I think I would go, look, I know you're having fun and you like this guy and he's probably very exciting. I mean, even my daughter's father is a lot older than I am. And our age gap is that, is 1830. That's our age gap, actually. But I was older than 18 when I met him. And at the time, I thought I should be with an older guy because he had done more and seen things and he seemed smarter than me. But no, no, not smarter than me. Sorry. Smarter than other guys that I knew. <laughs> Obviously not. But then it just goes weird after a while. And you start to go, nah, you really should be with someone your age if you're as cool as I think you are. And an 18-year-old girl, I think, should be alone. And maybe date casually guys who are maybe in their early 20s. And then maybe this is going to be the one in a hundred chance that this is the right relationship and everything works out, but it would be a one in 100 chance. That's all. So I would just tell her that, like, look at Scott Disick, look how pathetic he looks when he hangs out with 18 year old girls. Don't you think if this guy really loved you and this guy wasn't kind of creeping on a teenager fetish thing, he would not be with an 18 year old girl. I don't know. I don't know because it's difficult to make an 18-year-old girl see herself as an 18-year-old girl because I've been there and you want to be an adult and you are legally an adult. What this man's doing is not illegal, but women my age look at it having been there ourselves and we think it's creepy. And if I can be very honest, a respectable 30-year-old man or a man my age will usually think it's creepy as well. This one makes me very sad, but I feel like it's very relevant what with Christmas and everything that's been going on lately. And I feel like mental health and loneliness is one of the casualties of lockdowns that is not really being counted. I mean, it's being sort of counted, but not counted the way it needs to be. How to cope with loneliness. Catherine, I have no one in my life anymore, and I'm not entirely sure how it happened, but it seems that no one cares whether I live or die. I haven't had any friends since university 10 years ago, and my partner of eight years left me a few months back, which came as a surprise to me, as I thought this year was going to be the year that I got a proposal. I don't speak to my family, who live in another country, apart from my mother, who calls me once a month. After the breakup, I was occupying my time writing and recording music at home, as it's something I'm really passionate about, and the creative process in itself is rewarding, but when you're proud of something you've created, you want to share it with people. But whenever I posted a new song on social media, nobody liked or commented on it. 
It's gone on for so long now that I deleted my social media as I can no longer cope with people ignoring me, making me feel even more invisible than ever. And I've lost the will to make any more music as no one will listen to it anyway. Now all I do is watch TV. I haven't left the house in a month and it's a pigsty as I can't be bothered cleaning anymore. My therapist wants me to start taking antidepressants, but this doesn't solve the cause of my depression, which is a lack of connection with other people. Nobody's reaching out to me asking how I am after the breakup, despite being aware of it. It's quite a scary thought that if I, for instance, fell asleep in the bath and drowned, my body wouldn't be found for weeks or months, and I don't think there'd be a funeral because no one would come. I'm not ready to start dating again because I'm still in love with my ex who I thought was my soulmate, and I feel like no one wants to date someone who doesn't have friends or family, as they would just write them off as a weirdo. I've tried making friends over the years, but it's always been fruitless, and I'm not sure why, because all my imaginary friends say I'm kind and caring. Are some people just meant to be alone, even when they desperately want to be part of the world? How do I go about making a new life from scratch? I hate this. Oh, you're not supposed to be alone. Humans are very social beings, even though some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts. And a lot of us go through periods of loneliness like this, uh, changes in life where you might feel like you have no one. But I mean, my first instinct, and this could be way off, is that you had friends from university a decade ago, but then you had a partner for eight years and you've come out of this relationship first of all you're surprised that it's over so I don't know what the communication was like in this relationship but it sounds bad because breakups don't usually come out of left field especially when you thought you were about to get a proposal it's the complete opposite it feels like you didn't really have your finger on the pulse of what was you know going on that relationship hygiene was probably not great and then you've come out of that relationship with no friends so I worry that the relationship might have actually been quite bad. And I'm not a therapist. I'm glad that you have a therapist, but that might be something to look at. Like, were you allowed to have friends? Were you guys just really codependent? Were you not socializing because you were in one of these really intense relationships? I don't know, but but you shouldn't come out of an eight-year relationship and that partner was the only person that you had. I know that lockdown makes it harder, but your mother calls you once a month. My mother calls me once a month because I think she imagines that that's all I want to be called. And if she called me more, I'd be busy or I wouldn't answer. And we text a lot. Do you text with family and friends? Because I know that's not the same as seeing people and touching them. But I just, I don't understand. I'm just going to take your word for it that, you know, your social media is a dead ting and you don't talk to people and you want to but don't worry I have the answer for you a dog get a dog a dog I have seen it time and time again in my friends who felt lonely or who felt like they needed purpose they get a dog and not only is that such a wonderful source of unconditional love and someone who needs you and someone who wants to cuddle you and kiss you and touch you and like there's um tactile affection there but they get you out of bed every morning and you have to take them for a walk and you have to feed them and you have just watch ricky gervais afterlife that dog is the most important person in his life and i haven't seen the most recent series but if anything happens to the dog please don't tell me 
because in series one or two on Netflix Afterlife, that dog is what keeps him going after the loss of his partner. You know, in Afterlife, his partner dies. Your partner left you for some reason, but it's still a grieving process. Again, I'm not a therapist, but it strikes me as being very strange that you're on antidepressants when, you know, those I believe are for a chemical imbalance that's not related to your situation. And your sadness, like you said, your loneliness seems to be very situational. I really believe you need to get a dog. Dog, dog, dog. Why aren't you saying cat, Catherine? No. Cats are trash. Get a dog. You'll meet people at the park. It's a really good conversation starter. Like, oh, what kind of dog is that? I have seen dogs transform people's lives. Any dog, rescue dog, get a dog. Just don't steal a dog. Any other dog, get a dog. It will be a wonderful companion for you. And it will also create all these social branches in your neighborhood. It'll get you outside, number one. And then it might build your confidence to start reconnecting with some of these university friends or meeting people in pubs or getting you know, going speed dating once you're ready, or just, it might just raise your confidence in all areas and get you some nice friends because you are deserving of love and affection and touch and friendship and laughter. And this time, this really lonely time will make sense to you one day. It might not make sense to you now. I mean, it sounds like it's just a really hard time now, but it will make sense when you come out of it and you'll look back and you'll say, gosh, that was a really hard time. And I'm really glad that when I thought my darkest thoughts that I never acted on them. And if you ever feel like you're in a really bad spot and you don't have anyone to call, you can always call the Samaritans. It's a free number and someone will chat to you and remind you that we've all been there at one time or another, and it's going to get better as soon as you get the dog. Thanks for writing to me. You know, I'm thinking about you and I saw your letter and you're not invisible at all. And a lot of people have probably been in your situation too, who are listening right now. And your uh, honesty and transparency and vulnerability is helping them. So I wish you a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating this holiday season. And remember too, that it's dark. It's dark all day right now. And lockdown is fucked. And everything, all these conversations are making a lot of people feel sad and lonely. But it will be spring soon. Think of your mood like a season. You're just in the winter months right now, but soon it will be spring. Oh, hell no. If you listened last week, there was a woman who's pregnant in Peru asking me for advice. And I, as well as everyone on set said, get the fuck back to Scotland. You don't know what the laws are. Well, here's an email from someone who knows what the laws are. Catherine, I went traveling to Latin America. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to my voice right now and you're like, shit, do you have the Omicron variant, Catherine? No, I don't. I haven't tested twice a day. I've had COVID in the last four months. It's very unlikely I would get it again. But there are other illnesses out there. All right. Let's not forget about them. They need our love and attention too. I have just some weird little cold. And last night, Fred's nose was running. So I cupped my lips around his little nose and sucked the snot out and spat it into the sink. You're welcome. Catherine, I went traveling in Latin America a few years ago. I had an amazing time. Did not get pregnant. But... While in Peru, I met a woman from another European country raising her child with special educational needs in a fairly remote town. Turns out she could not go home to get the support from her family and friends because her ex wouldn't give her permission for their child to go. And obviously she wasn't just going to leave this kid behind. 
She'd made a good life in Peru for herself and her child and was trailblazing in terms of getting her child a decent education, but it was all so hard and so constantly hard. She was an amazing mom, but she didn't have a choice. Seriously, I would advise that woman who wrote to you to beg, borrow, or steal to get herself and her baby back to Scotland. If things work out with her partner, that's great, but you have to prepare for it turning out badly. Yes. Thank you for that advice. Listen, put you and your baby first. And if your partner is the right partner for you, they will always understand. I'm sorry. If this guy's great, first of all, let's just backtrack. If you didn't listen to the email last week, this woman's pregnant. Her partner seems very on and get off again and vocally does not want a baby. So right there, you have to be like, okay, appreciate my situation. I'm going to keep this baby. I'm in a foreign country and you're kind of on the fence about the whole thing. So I'm leaving. No offense. If you really decide that you love us and you want to make it a family, you like, what's up with him? Not He can do the work. He can come to Scotland and woo you back and, and figure everything out. But for now, like this lovely woman in the email said, like I told you last week, get the fuck to Scotland. Ugh. Here's an email on the subject of the trans community, uh, safe spaces for women, that includes cisgendered and transgendered women, the TERF community, I think TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminists. It's a real whole kettle of fish. A lot of people don't want to talk about it because you can get doxxed, canceled. People get very, very emotive about the subject. And I understand why they get emotive because uh, when you disagree it comes into question whether you're disallowing someone's right to liberties and freedoms and their right to live. And I think this email in the beginning anyway, from what I've just glanced over, seems to explain the issue in a way that's difficult to articulate. So let's see where it goes. Okay. Uh, trigger warning. If you don't want to hear about any trans stuff and you're worried that it might make you cross because you're going to disagree and it's a real hot button issue for you, Maybe don't listen, but don't worry. I will not allow any, you know, unfair hate speech on this podcast. I'm just going to read the letter. Catherine, I listened to your podcast where you spoke about TERFs and I decided to email in. I think when most people think of trans women, they think of a person who's taken female hormones over a period of time and received sex assignment surgery. The TERFs I know have no issue with such trans women who fit this description having entry to female spaces. Trans right activists like to brush over our genuine concerns by focusing on just this part and insisting that we won't let them pee, quote unquote. However, in recent years, the definition of being trans has been altered. Dysphoria is no longer considered to be a necessary part of being trans. So now people can be biologically male, present as male, and still say, well, I feel like a woman, and enter into women's spaces unchallenged. This is what we have an issue with. And it's vulnerable, working-class women who are being adversely affected. You may be aware of the Karen White case. Karen, a biologically male person who had rape and assault convictions, was placed in a female prison local to me and assaulted several women. You'd think this was a terrible one-off, but around half the trans women in prison are there for violent or sexual crimes against women. Hmm. 
I'm not making the case that trans women are dangerous. I'm making the case that when anyone can self-identify, it creates a conflict of rights between the needs of trans people and the safety of women because anyone can access previously safe spaces. You said in your podcast, well, how often is this happening about women being assaulted? But I don't think you'd say that if white men were the perpetrators. You'd think even once was terrible. Really, all TERFs want is for people to acknowledge that there's a conflict of rights here. Maybe trans women who have a rape conviction and still own a penis should be put in a separate prison wing. But at the moment, women who say they're being called bigots and are told to be nice, oh, women who say that are being called bigots, all we believe is that in certain situations, some spaces should be female only in terms of sex rather than gender. I have so many more examples and so much more to say, but I'll end it here. Hmm. Uh, I think, oh my God, it's so tricky and I really don't want, it's, it's so nuanced and there's no space for nuance anymore. There just isn't. People are black and white on everything and they just get cross. I think what I'm hearing from these letters and back in my recent podcast is that people, all people, and I'm talking about trans women, cisgendered women, whatever, just people in general and trans men and cisgendered men, people, non-binary, everyone, fear the violence of men, not trans women, men. People are worried that there are men with nefarious intents who will try to take any excuse they can to infiltrate female spaces. When people talk about this violence, I don't think they're talking at all about trans women, like you say. And now we might disagree with, you know, who who is to decide who what what passes, who identifies as what, you know what I mean? I think that's a tricky area. But I think what we can all agree on is that uh men disproportionately perpetrate a lot of violence in our society. And when you open up female spaces to trans women, but you don't maybe clarify exactly what that means, like it just leaves open a side door for like an actual man to come in. Do you know what I mean? Is that what I'm hearing? Because I don't think anyone's evil, really. Like when we have these fights with the turfs and the whatever, I don't think anyone wants to take away someone's human rights or make them unsafe or exclude trans women from their feminism. I, I really don't believe that. I just think where I'm hearing that people are afraid of male violence coming into spaces where they were previously safe. So how do you create a space that's safe for all women, trans women, cis women, whatever women, just wouldn't it be nice if the whole world was free from male violence? It's a really tricky one, and but I'm glad to have the conversation here and I'm happy to be wrong sometimes and I'm happy to be corrected and I really hope I haven't offended anyone because the last thing I want to do is take away anyone's rights or minimize the problem of sexual assault ever. I just wish we could talk about more things without totally shutting down and descending into a fight. And the spaces for females issue is definitely one that gets so heated and so contentious. And 
I just wish that we could talk about it better. So maybe I'll find a way to do that. I'll talk to one of my, because I have some friends who are trans women. I have friends who are cis women. Maybe we could organize a nice, safe time and space where we talk about it without anyone feeling you know, diminished or attacked or, or whatever, because I think I get it. I think I get where a lot of the, the mistrust comes from. And there are women who go, well, I don't, I don't want to exclude the trans, uh, female population, but I'm also not happy for like just anyone to walk into my change room and say, oh yes, I feel like a lady today. But I just didn't think that that was really, um, a, actually happening but but i hadn't considered the prison issue and god god it's tough all right put a pin in that write me some emails if you have some views that are not hateful that are just like balanced and measured and well thought out on the situation i'll be happy to read them and we'll get into this more i will call in reinforcements and we'll have a good chat about it in the meantime please don't feel any loneliness every single one of you deserves love affection and you should move forward with self-worth and thank you for listening to the podcast i hope you have a beautiful start to your christmas holiday but don't worry i will be back next week before christmas and we can do this all again if you'd like to write me an email it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com i'm off to drink some lem sip and then i'm getting on a train to york i have shows this weekend in york sheffield and manchester no they are not canceled They are unchanged with with whatever Boris Johnson said the other night. Whatever was true before he said it is still true after he said it. The venues don't require any COVID uh, QR codes or negative lateral flow tests until next week. Of course, still take the same precautions that you always would take, but you are very welcome to come to the show wearing a mask or otherwise. Um, I think it's recommended that you wear a mask, but you know, just make your own personal decision on your health, your family's health, and the safety of your friends and neighbors. And I hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.